Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. everybody and welcome to another episode of yo mtg taps i'm joey pasco and i'm big head joe and we've got a quite a handful of topics for you guys this week i think we're going to handle uh we're probably going to spend about 50 50 uh, of the episode talking about modern and standard an audio cornucopia if you will yes exactly <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> i'm sure i did i'm sure that's the exact way you were thinking about it uh, so yeah, we've got a uh, we've got uh, some discussions about um, about the possibility of banning cards in modern and kind of banning as a topic in general. Um, I think we might kick things off with that, but uh, we also want to discuss the Mythic Invitational that's coming up this weekend, including uh, a panel on Sunday morning that is being streamed live on Twitch that is going to reveal, I believe, sixteen new cards from. War of the Spark, so you don't really? want to... Yeah, that, that was uh, just announced, I think, uh, last night, so... You said on Sunday um, that's happening? Yep, I already set an alarm on my phone. Sunday morning, 10.30 Eastern Time, live on Twitch, and uh, we'll get to see 16 new cards, and I, I imagine at least one will be a Planeswalker. <laughs> that's like literally, <laughs> right? That's like literally the minute my bus comes to take me to work Sunday. Hooray. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can stream it on your phone, right? I could. I could burn all my data on that if I wanted yeah. to, but I could also just, just check use, Twitter. Just follow Twitter. That's what I was going to say. If you yep. can't watch the panel, but you can look at Twitter, that's the way to do it because people are going to be tweeting it. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's let's start with, with modern and this, this uh, kind of topic that comes up every, I don't know, few weeks, few months. Week. <laughs> every week, right. Like... Just the idea of banning things, and I think um, this this has come up recently on the topic of banning faithless looting in modern, because is it Phoenix is the strongest deck, and people see faithless looting as the card that is uh, responsible for it. Um, you can also say Dredge is one of the best decks right now, and it also plays faithless faithless looting. Uh, and I guess that's another reason why looting has a target on its head. Um, I think we need to calm down with the ban talk. <laughs> um, there's this thing where it seems to me, and I tweeted this, it seems like anytime there's not something exciting, new, dramatic, or controversial to talk about, we just default to let's ban something. You know, it's like if somebody didn't cheat on camera, if we don't have a new set that's making everybody, you know, it's taking up a lot of a uh, lot of talk, like a new announcement or a new product being announced to, to discuss some sort of, you know, exciting thing. If you're, say, two months into a standard format, that's pretty much solved. And again, no, no controversy, controversies like cheating and things like that. Then suddenly, hey, let's ban something. So. I think we're kind of 
it seems like we're searching for a headless hydra that's kind of the way i was thinking about it it's like the hydra is going to have a head there's going to be a best deck there are going to be a couple of best decks and you can ban cards and chop off a head of the hydra but another head is going to grow back and then you're going to talk about banning a card from that deck can we freaking stop (laughs) right um we just went through a whole season of talking about or more than a season i think of talking about kci in modern and i agree that card was too strong that that deck was so resilient to the hate that uh that card was just too strong and it needed to be taken down a peg uh and arguably you could just say the deck is gone but i've seen some lists out there that are doing okay without the namesake card um but that's a a topic for a, a separate occasion but just right now i think modern is in a relatively healthy place with a deck that needs to be targeted um is it phoenix is ubiquitous i understand we're seeing it a lot um but I don't think we need to talk about banning cards. And again, I think I kind of mentioned this in a previous episode. We have way too many things coming up. They're going to shake up the format anyway. So I don't want to go too much deeper into the specifics. But now is not the time to ban something. And also, uh, I think I, I think we mentioned this in about like 100 and I don't know, 150 episodes yeah, or so. 170. Um, stop bitching, start brewing, right? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> like every time like we – look, we tried to change the, the damn uh, – catchphrase and then it just keeps coming up (laughs) right i think that's kind of like my general point here is not specifically about modern um uh, because i understand that is it phoenix looks like it could be a problem but we have a lot of things coming up that could change that so that we can put that aside for the moment um i just want to kind of make us aware of at least what i'm seeing what seems to be the case that we shouldn't always be reaching for the ban hammer. You know, we shouldn't always be looking at a deck and going, this deck is good, so it must be too good. Like, good does not equal too good. Best deck does not equal bannable deck. Like, that's not the case. There's going to be a best deck. The Hydra's going to have heads. You're going to have to find a way to deal with them at, without trying to get wizards to ban cards all the time. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's kind of crazy how quick we are to do that. And... uh Anyway, so um, we can we can move on from that topic, but I just Pac-Rat kind of was never banned, right? Packrat was not banned, as far as I I remember, and that was an annoying card to play against. I mean, there are going to be cards that are that are ubiquitous, you know, that you're going to see in a lot of right. decks that are hard to play against, annoying to play against, expensive, you know, things like that, and everybody's going to like dislike different cards. Uh, of course, when a deck becomes really powerful more and more people dislike that deck but um that doesn't mean it's bannable uh, or that that there's a card in the deck that makes it too too strong Um, to be fair i've only really played against arclight phoenix and standard mm -hmm. but not only did i dislike playing the card (laughs) i did not care i never have once been like oh no arclight phoenix i'm dead like i'm always just like whatever just gonna do like go around it you know like i don't know like i just i don't know uh as far as graveyard hate is still a thing right did they ban all the graveyard hate in modern yeah all tormod's crypt graph diggers cage rest in peace all banned they just took all those tools away and said here's arclight phoenix is tormod's (laughs) crypt legal in modern though yeah uh yes it is 
Really? Yeah, yep. What uh, set I did mean, they print that in? I don't oh, remember. Like ninth edition or something, right? Something like that. Yeah, one of like eighth edition, ninth edition, oh, okay. something more recent. But Jeez, yeah. come on, y'all. I mean, you've got relic of progenitus. There's like yeah. a ton of stuff. Surgical There's extraction. There's so much graveyard seeing. hate. Yeah, I mean, surgical extraction is what's popular right now because you can target a certain card uh, and not the graveyard as a whole. It's um, it's like Tormod's crap, only it's fifty dollars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think it's more like 60 at this Don't point. Don't you want to play this card instead? It's like it's just like this card that costs a dollar, but it's $50 and costs you life. Isn't that great? Uh, but, uh, that's, how I, that's how I describe every, like, little, like, hipster food place that's called, like, Bull and Orange or, like, <laughs> Chain and dog and um i'm like it's just like eating at a diner only it's gonna cost fifty dollars <laughs> i, I got it's a, it's a it's a soft pretzel but it's twenty dollars <laughs> it's, like, it's okay, got beer just... cheese with it <laughs> we just mixed up some uh what's the uh spray the spray cheese with beer and stirred it up Man, I, I gotta say though, I did find a place around here that had a, a cheese steak with cheese whiz, and I was so a cheese happy. Cheese whiz, yeah. Because man, I needed. I was. I was in the mood for a cheese whiz cheese steak the other day. <laughs> um. Anyway, there's graveyard hate, y'all. Like there are ways to stop a three-two flyer. What are y'all scared of? Like I, I think the thing I don't want to play modern like at all, right? We'll but it's not because of Arclight Phoenix, and it's not because of Faithless Looting, and it's not even because of Dredge. Mm-hmm. Like, it's because of, like, all of the decks in the format as a whole, to be honest. Um, yeah, but, I think we'll, we'll we'll revisit that topic, I think, at a, at a point when Modern is even more of a... Of a topic of discussion, like when Modern Horizons comes out, so we can we can talk about what you don't like about Modern and things. I think that'll right, be that'll be fun discussion. But of speaking of banned lists, like we said, Modern Horizons Horizons is Horizons is, is on the horizons. This is, yes, <laughs> it is. So Ugh. who knows? But I I feel like the you know the last point just to address Arclight Phoenix specifically in modern, it's not Arclight Phoenix that is the problem, and I don't think it's faithless looting that's the problem, because looting has been around for a while, and people were saying, hey, you know, this is a good card. Um, but nobody was calling for it to be banned until Arclight Phoenix comes along, and this deck starts performing this well, and it happens to play faithless looting, and it uses it well, because it's a strong card, and it can, you know, it wants cards in the graveyard, and it wants to draw cards. Um, the problem with Arclight Phoenix, or with Is It Phoenix as a deck, um, or Phoenix decks in general, is that they can be so explosive kind of out of nowhere, like they're, f- because just, hey, they hit the right number of Phoenixes in their graveyard, and suddenly, where you are at a stable life total, maybe you're at something like 18 because you shocked or something, suddenly you're being hit with, you know, you're, they just go bolt, 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 here comes three Phoenixes attack, like, out of nowhere, right? Like, it's, or, or they, but you know. But isn't that, like, like 80% of, of modern decks, though, like... 
Yeah, and, like eighty percent of modern decks just kind of if you do nothing to stop them, like sure. do like eighteen damage on turn three or four. Like so, the thing with with is it Phoenix is it's so consistent because of all the cantrips and the big one to me. Like this is where I'm going with all this. Metamorphosis is the problem. Metamorphosis is is basically free. Manamorphose is like one of the Urza spells that uh, back in Urza block where it was like, you know, uh, rewind, right? That's the one that comes to mind where it's like it costs four mana, but you untap four lands. Uh, it's kind of uh, like of that. Of course, it's the one that comes to mind for you. Yeah, bro, that, exactly. Of course, that's How the one that comes to mind. How many times Joey cast rewind <laughs> against me in my life? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think Snap, isn't that one of the other ones? That one's the bounce spell that untaps yes, two lands. that's right. So there we go. There's another blue one for you. Um, but... But it's like these kinds of things. It's yeah, you cast. You have to have two mana initially, but you just get two mana back, and you draw a card. So it's just kind of it's just like a free spell for Thing in the Ice for Arclight Phoenix, and it works really well in the deck. And I think that is the card that if you're going to ban something in Modern because you want Is It Phoenix to be weaker, because again, the idea isn't to completely take a deck out of the format. The idea is generally to just weaken it so it's still a playable deck, maybe just not as consistent. Um, Manamorphose is where you hit. Because How's that for a swerve, y'all? Swerve, the good one. Yeah. That's like, another. Uh, no, we shouldn't be banning anything in modern. Hashtag Banamorphose. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we, I think it's, uh, we're a few months away from, from that being the case because we have too many things to look forward to so we have to see how it shakes out anyway let's go ahead and move on from that um can you explain serum powder to me no (laughs) (laughs) no i can't so yeah we've we've been looking at this like i don't know why i don't even where where did this come from joey so um i mean i know it came from dark steel but i mean where did your like? Where did you where this question this? come from? Yes, yes, yes. Well, because of the London Mulligan, um, it kind of came up. So let's let's read Serum Powder first because it's it's kind of an obscure card, not totally obscure. Like people have, you know, I've heard of it, but I had to read it again recently until so, the word Mordling is totally obscured. Exactly. Don't worry what I was about, about it. To say. Yeah, Don't no. worry about it. <laughs> So Serum Powder is a three-mana artifact from Darksteel originally, um, and you tap it to add one to your mana pool, one colorless. Uh, yes. And that by itself is not all that exciting. It's not, not very powerful. Uh, the part of the card that comes into play in, in, um, in this discussion is anytime you could mulligan and Serum Powder is in your hand, you may remove your hand from the game, then draw that many cards. Uh, you can do this in addition to taking a mulligan or taking mulligans. So this has come up because of the London mulligan rule, I think, because people are trying to say, like, maybe it's it's more powerful. But I'm first of all, if I draw seven cards, because that's what I start with in, in most games, uh, <laughs> if I draw my opening hand and serum powder is in it, I've already mulliganed to six. <laughs> because right. I don't think this card is really worth, of, you know, playing as a three mana artifact that uh, that taps, you know, for a mana. So taking that into account, because uh, well, I'm just going to start with that. Uh, I've already mulliganed to six, so I can remove serum powder and draw seven new cards, and maybe one of them won't be serum powder. In which case, I'm in the same position I was in. Had I just not put serum powder in my deck, <laughs> I have seven cards that one of none of them are serum powder. Like, yeah, how is that I, any different from just taking a mulligan? Yeah, I don't, that's what I'm I mean, saying. Like, I understand. I understand 
like the concept of I want to get my you know I want to get to my combo pieces right that makes sense right but can't you just do that by a regular mulligan without yeah. a serum powder like I don't understand now if you have Kaya in your deck then it's pretty awesome because you just started out the game with seven cards exiled um which hey let's check out that for a modern strategy look at me thinking about modern yeah wait a second isn't does Kaya just count the cards that are in exile from that that, that player owns in exile Right, so if if someone else, if someone oh. else, the opponent has Kaya, Damn it. they're like, yeah, play Serum Powder. It's really powder. not any good. <laughs> you tried you know, to break I, it, but... Whenever I see someone playing Serum Powder, I get suspicious. You know what I mean? I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, something's going on. Can I smell your deck? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's just weird. It's like, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, so like, I, I guess, here's the thing. If people start playing a ton of serum powder in modern, Kaya's price will go up. But moving on from that particular interaction. <laughs> Dang uh, it, I wish I was really excited. I thought I had something there. This so is why I had to this is why I had to sideboard 22 cards after every game one in uh, at GP Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I got the deck. It's perfect. And I was like, these cards don't interact. <laughs> it literally had to change my whole deck. So oh I my can- god. I can tell you, uh, in the like colorless Eldrazi decks played in Modern, they play a card called Eternal Scourge, which is a 3-3 three, three for 3, uh, and it can be cast from Exile. Okay. And uh, it, if it's targeted, if it's ever targeted by anything controlled by your opponent, you exile it. So it's got like an upside by being able to play, be played from Exile, and downside yeah. because it's, you know, all you have to do is target it, uh, and it, and it is exiled. Um, I mean, it's a train Armadon, right? Like, it's a 3-3 three, three for 3. Again, here we are with a card that's not all that impressive by itself, right? Like, uh, it has, like, a little bit of upside and a little bit of downside, I guess. Um, so, anyway, I guess in that deck, you play Serum Powder and, oh, you exiled your Eternal Scourge. You can count it as, like, a card in your hand. But, again, we're talking about a 3-3 three, three for 3. Is that really that powerful? Um I guess it's really not like serum powder is not taking over the format, but I just think it's funny that it's come up as a topic of discussion because of the London Mulligan rule, which makes it even more confusing. I think as uh, as you can like Mulligan and and like does it change anything? I I can't even explain exactly how it interacts. And I think on um, on Versus Live they actually did a thing on Star City uh, testing the London Mulligan rule, and they used this colorless Eldrazi deck. And they were having trouble figuring out how Serum Powder interacted with, with it. They had to get Ricky Hayashi to explain how to get it, how it would work. Uh, and I'm not quite sure. You know, I think it it seems to work the way you would think it would work. Like if you can, if you're mulliganing to five, right? You draw your seven, um, and then you, I think, then you have to put the two on the bottom. You can't exile all seven and then draw seven again. Like you can't. You, I mean, sorry, you can't. Say you're mulligan, mulliganing to five. You can't draw seven, have serum powder, exile seven, and then start with a fresh seven again. You you draw seven and mulligan to five again. You're just on your second mulligan to five because of serum powder. Um, so it doesn't really do anything crazy from what I can tell. It's just another, you know, quote unquote free mulligan. But instead of putting the cards back in your deck, you're exiling them. So if there's some way you can take advantage of that with a card like Eternal Scourge, I guess that's... That's how you do it. Eternal Scourge, by the way, also a horror, which means it does not get bounced by Thing in the Ice when it flips, um, 
awoken horror returns all non-horror creatures so maybe that's another reason to play eternal scourge <laughs> but um we're really i don't see outside of a deck that's uh, outside of this deck i don't see a reason to play serum powder but i just think it's such a weird card and i think it's funny i don't exactly understand how it's powerful or even good and i, I thought it was it was funny and I, I thought it was interesting to, to discuss it doesn't it, like, like literally doesn't make any sense to me and like Hopefully someone will chime in. Like, I can't believe you guys are so stupid. You know, like... I mean, that's what honestly, I hope. That's why I brought it up. Because if yeah. someone else knows why Serum Powder would be good uh, in a, or better than it sounds in these situations, then, yeah, let us know. Better than just mulliganing? I mean, maybe... I don't know. Like, because, again, you're right. Like, it's seven cards, but you actually just have six cards. Yeah, because, I mean, who, I, who wants to draw Before Serum Powder as a... cards in your deck. Put four yeah. good cards in your deck. Like, why are you going to run four Serum Powders when you could just run four more cards that work in your deck? Yeah. I don't like get it. Tormod Script or Surgical Extraction if you have $200. Right. <laughs> um, I think, I just, I mean, that's exactly it. It's like, hey, um, you can draw seven cards. If six of them are good and one of them is Serum Powder, you probably were going to keep the seven card hand anyway, no matter what Serum Powder was. And now you have a serum powder in your hand. Like, think about the downside of it. What if you draw your your opening hand and it is good except for serum powder? You're like, wow, I wish I hadn't put this in my deck. <laughs> it's, right? it's like a dead card, right? It's like drawing Narc Amoeba in your opener with Dredge. So, you know, it's yeah. like, crap, I have a terrible... Or flipping Arclight Phoenix off of Light Up the Stage. That's awful, too. There are a few things that I've done in Magic that feel more awful than yeah. flipping over an Arclight Phoenix on Light Up the Stage. Actually, I did two once. It won Light Up the Stage. Oh, it was man. just Phoenix, Phoenix. I was so mad. Yeah, Light Up the Stage is terrible. No, Phoenix is terrible. But anyway. So uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about is Standard. Um, as I kind of said a few minutes ago, with, uh, we're basically two months into the Standard format. Yes. And, I mean, I feel like it's it's been solved. It kind of was solved at the Mythic Championship a couple of weeks ago in terms right. of like no big surprises showed up. Um, and now here we are a couple of weeks later. The Mythic Invitational is coming up. It feels like standards just kind of stale. Like it's just not exciting. Of course. That's what I mean of by course. stale. It's- no, no, of course it is. No, I'm serious. Like, 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 so here's the thing. This is the longest – that standard has gone without getting stale in 25 years, like in as long as I can remember. <laughs> like that's fair standard point. to me has sucked within like two weeks of a new set becoming legal. Like I just I I in general, as a general rule, and you know this, I pretty much hate standard too. I pretty much hate constructed. You know, like <laughs> in general, historically. But not lately, you know. Late, now I just kind of hate eternal formats. <laughs> where <laughs> I used to hate all constructed formats. Now I just hate everything that isn't standard. And like standard, yes, standard is getting stale. Um, although I have been seeing a couple weird decks in like the rare times I get to play arena. Um, I've definitely seen some green red, a green red deck running chain whirler. I was like, come on, man. That's I mean, not right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm walking I, I right into that. I'm like, no way they got chain world. Like, oh. <laughs> no, that's actually been. All my been... one ones are dead. <laughs> 
it's been a um it's been around for at least a few weeks i i started playing it a couple weeks ago i think i showed it to you it's like a gruel deck but yeah it runs chain whirlers because I just it didn't plays expect it to run chain whirler i knew there were gruel decks going around i didn't know they run damn chain whirler yeah it's it's uh what is it unclaimed territory or whatever the uh yes. yeah so you you can cast your goblins off of that or warriors or whatever right, right. you know um so yeah you, you it's it's a gruel deck, but it can cast Chain Whirler. I, in my experience, I draw three to four copies of uh, Unclaimed Territory and no red-green duels. <laughs> and, I, and I'm stuck there with, uh, with like, really awkward mana that can yeah, cast no, and, certain and, and creature chose, types. And you chose Horse for all three of your Unclaimed Territories, right, and you because, don't even know why. Of course, yeah. uh, of, of, course, course, of, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> So your opponent comes at you with gruel intentions. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I guess I'm just, I, I feel like every time I log onto Arena, I mean, I'm having fun because it's magic, but at the same time, I'm like, this is kind of boring. I'm having fun except for when I play against Mono Blue. I hate that freaking deck. I hate that deck. I can't I wait till ban Curious Obsession. I've played kidding. against it once in like uh, like a week or something like that. Like I've barely played against that deck. Um it's to me it's been like it's been esper um it's been mono white it's been mono red um i'm trying to think of other decks i've seen like i haven't seen too many other decks to be honest um and you know i have taken to conceding extremely liberally on in best of one yeah like you cast the kaya's wrath i just concede like i'm just like yeah whatever okay move on because Ch- like and this is the thing like chances are like so many times like you know being on the play matters so much mm-hmm. on best of one that I've almost just conceded when I see your opponent goes first I haven't done it yet but I've been considering just <laughs> testing it that just is going very as liberally. soon as it says your opponent goes first just go okay, okay concede when do I get to play first and and just trying to take it that way it saves a lot of time I mean because like true. if all the decks need to go first why are you going to waste 10 minutes knowing that you should have went first when you can just hit that button and go right on to the next game which isn't great and that's not healthy either you know but if the format gets to that point and that's the thing a- you're right like it it's such a huge benefit to go first uh, best of one uses the hand smoothing algorithm which I heard recently they changed to not just two hands, but to three hands. Like it draws three opening hands. Really? And now, yeah, I heard it in two different places. One was the game podcast, and one was the Bash Brothers podcast huh. with like, uh, Brad Nelson and, and Corey Bowmaster and BBD. Like, so I'm like, okay, now I've heard it from two separate places, and I, I mean, I haven't read anything about this, but uh, apparently it's three hands. It doesn't change too much, other than I guess it's you know another choice for us to not see that the the software is making for you but right um but i mean that right away favors the the decks that are more monocolor or two color decks um i think they were talking about this i think on bash brothers where it's like if you're esper you can one of your opening hands could be three isolated chapels and four chemisters insights and it's like it's going to give it to you because you're like it's like three lands four spells great well if you're playing mono red Three mountains, four spells, that's great, right? Like, that's an awesome hand. But in Esper, it wouldn't work. Like, you, you're playing three colors, you have a completely, uh, a completely uncastable hand. And, um, yeah, and but so, so many people can't mulligan anyway, like, so that like, isn't bad. Like, I feel like that's the hand they would have took anyway. <laughs> well, 
Maybe, but that's Three separate. lands, four spells. I'm golden. Let's go. Right. Draw an island. Yeah, bam, all bam. the isolated chapels come into play tapped, too. But what does it matter? You can't cast any of your spells. I just traded them out for guild gates. It's just like I haven't, it's just like I haven't changed my deck. Big deal. <laughs> I think, uh, but I think, it, you know, just seriously, the aggro decks, especially ones that are monocolor, you go mono white, mono red, um, mono blue, like these decks that can get off to a fast start are... You know, they already have that going for them. They, the deck is built to capitalize on early advantage, like just try to get advantage early and win before the other person can get their advantage uh, set, you know, wh- whether they can take over or stop your, you know, stop the bleeding or they just, you know, mono white versus mono blue, like one of them's going to have a better draw and, and, uh, and win the game. But whoever goes first and whoever is... Has you know the more explosive draw and the more stable mana, like they're going to win. And so, if you're going to play a deck like Esper, you're already at a disadvantage if you uh, just from the hand smoothing smoothing algorithm. Again, this is just best of one. Um, so it's kind of kind of interesting. But um, I don't know. I think we were just talking about mulligans. We went a little bit off the rails there, but um, it's weird. I feel like it's something that they need to to fix. I know they're trying to make it so it's fewer non-games like you don't want people to uh to have situations where they just can't play magic when they're playing magic um (laughs) so i'm wondering how the london mulligan rule like if if they're saying that it's it's going to go forward and it's good for standard that might help a bit i mean should help especially those three isolated chapel for chemistry's insight hands. <laughs> but, right. But yeah, the fact that you, that going first is such an advantage is, um, is interesting. And, you know, I was thinking about it because they were talking about this on one of those uh, podcasts and I'm like, is there a way to, because right now the way to try to even things out is, Oh, you go first, you're down a card, right? Like you don't draw on your first turn. Um, but that doesn't seem to be enough. And I'm wondering, like, what if, okay, you go first, your opponent starts at 23 life. I mean, I don't know, something weird like that. Like, I, I, whoever goes second has, like, a slightly higher life total. I don't know if that's... No. And that's just the, because he can start, I mean, against, he can start at 80 one. life against Esper. And, like, right, you it still just concede when they, when they ultimate to fairy. You know what I mean? Like... If you're the mono white deck and you're on the draw, like yeah. that, that, that life total isn't going to three life points isn't going to make a difference against a control deck, right? You so, know? You're, so, so I guess what whatever I'm the saying solution is, is, has to be a solution that works against all different archetypes. You know what I mean? Well, I, I don't know. I don't not necessarily agree with that because that's kind of the point of what I'm saying is like you you build your deck to take advantage of the way the game is set up, and if if the game is now set up to where somebody starts at 23, um you're going to have an advantage against aggro decks and maybe not against control decks. Like, so I, I don't know, I guess if you have the choice, are you going to say I'll start on the play because I want the life total, but I don't know what my opponent is playing. Um, or I, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll start on the draw and I want the, I'll get, I get the extra card and I get three extra life. I don't know. I think it kind of makes an inter- makes it a more interesting choice. Um, but yeah, of course there are going to be decks that don't care about life total. So the, uh, but there are decks that don't care about the number of cards they have either. You know, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't even need, you know, I don't need the extra card I, because my deck is just going to play one card a turn and just, you know, win that way. So Everybody I, I needs extra card, Joey. Well, you know, that's, that's how, that's, that's my rule to live by, but I don't think that's how it works in general, uh, you know, across the board. 
I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I don't have great examples, but I just don't think, and I'm not advocating that this is necessarily great, but I don't think it's as bad as you're saying. Sure, control deck doesn't care about the extra life, Don't doesn't care if, if their opponent has extra life um, because that's not the way that their game is played. But uh, they're that's kind of the choice hey i'm going to i'm going to play control and this is one of the benefits of playing control is i don't care about life total until i've already taken control of the game like that's just one of the Joey you're only advocating for this because you want to start on the draw with 23 life as the esper player against all the aggro decks so and <laughs> <laughs> um, so well, this isn't happening but what yeah, is happening is the thought, mythic invitational that's what I was going to say. Go ahead. Um, so, duo standard. So, uh, I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. So, I mean, this was, I mean, I made the joke in our show notes that duo standard is so players can bring two decks so they don't get bored because standard's stale, you know? <laughs> like they, they, get right. to, they get to play with two standard decks instead of one. The, the way it works, if you don't know, so first of all, there's no limited portion. I, I was wondering about that. I'm like, it's not a pro tour or a mythic championship. But is there a limited portion? So there's not. It's just all standard. And it's duo standard. So it's not best of three in the traditional sense. It's best of three, but you have two decks, no sideboards. Um, Didn't they say... Didn't they? I'm sorry. Didn't they say that you could register like two mono red aggro lists? Yes. So that's the thing. You can register... First of all, you are allowed to register a sideboard. It just doesn't matter unless your deck has a card like Mastermind's Acquisition that cares about the sideboard. Or the, nope, that's the only one. Um, So, yeah, that's the only one I can think (laughs) of. Uh, So if you're, I I know like Brad Nelson said he registered a sideboard, but it was a joke. Like every card, it's 15 different cards that he decided were going to, uh, each one is something that could happen to him in the tournament, like baffling end or unexplained <laughs> disappearance. Like that's what he did, he apparently. <laughs> so he, he did it for fun. He registered that's a great. sideboard. Um, did, uh, did special guest Brian Braun Duin uh, suggest that? I don't know. I know they spent time, you know, they made the joke on the podcast that um, this is why we won't do well at the Mythic Invitational because we spent like two hours going through standard trying to build a fake <laughs> sideboard instead of preparing for the event. That's great. Uh, yeah, so I love that so much. Yeah, if you haven't checked out the the Bash Brothers podcast, uh, it's it's pretty funny. Like they go a little bit too hard on some of the jokes, uh, you know, repeating some of them, but but most of the time it's hilarious. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so it's duo standard. You bring two decks. Now those decks can be identical if you want. Um, those decks can be just off by a couple cards. It's pretty much up to you. You just bring two standard decks if they're you know both the same, if they're both only off by a few cards, or they're both entirely different. Is I up honestly to you. don't like that. Like the fact that they let people bring like two, like register like two the same mono red deck. Mm-hmm. Like I wish it was like um, like unified, like team unified modern or constructed or whatever, yeah. where you can only have four total copies of something between the two decks. Yeah, and that was that's kind of like what I thought they were going to be doing, but I'm kind of interested to see how this works because it is different. Like, what's the strategy yeah. here? That nothing they've never had a tournament like this before. Like, this is no, they haven't. So it is different, and uh, it's new. I want to see how people decide to kind of meta game this particular yeah, how they attack the format. Yeah, <laughs> this particular kind of format. So it's uh, game one. It's randomly chosen which deck you play. Game two, you play the other deck that you didn't play. And if there is a game three, 
then you get to choose which of your decks you play. Now, you don't know which deck your opponent's playing. So it's kind of like sideboarding against an unknown opponent in a way, right? You're like, okay, I brought a mono red deck and an Esper deck. Um, we're going to game three here. I don't know what deck they're playing, but which, <laughs> you know, like which deck do I choose? So that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, if they're playing a deck that has a great matchup against Esper, you want your mono red deck then, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Um, the cat will be out of the bag if in game two they're playing the same deck that they played game one <laughs> and right. it will be very easy to meta game for game three if you happen to have lost either of those games um right. so it's interesting um i think also interesting is how it's, how is this going to be covered um it's being played on arena so are we going to be watching from one player's perspective are we going to see both players hands are we going to see shots of the players sitting at at computers at all like i'm not that's not a joke like are we going right. to be able to see their faces i think it's it's kind of weird to picture an event like this that in my head always you know i picture like a pro tour and i'm picturing yeah. the the sweeping you know the, the the wide shot from overhead like of the whole of the feature match area and things and it's like that's right are they going to have a shot like that they I mean, should they, they should just they should. do that the whole time it should just be two computers facing each other and an overhead shot <laughs> Just watching the players <laughs> click with their mouse and like hit the space bar, basically. Click, 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 click. Uh, that's a whole. It's a whole. That's a whole tournament. I'm very curious <laughs> to see how they how they cover it. Um, I want to over. I just want over the shoulder shot um, of, of the, the monitor. Of the monitor. Yeah, just <laughs> instead of like broadcasting on what's on the monitor, just a shot of the monitor. Yeah, right, people need some some kind of glare to complain about, whether it's card that's sleeve right. glare or monitor glare. That's you right. know. We need to be able. We to noticed like, a distinct lack of lack of glare when we uh, when we broadcast the, the you know when we cast the, the the stream directly. So we decided to film the the computer screen exactly for the uh, maximum <laughs> authentic coverage experience. So yeah, like I don't know. I, I kind of am, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do it. Um, I my hope would be for some sort of different view of arena that actually is more similar to what we would see when we're watching two players play where you see both players hands i don't know if you you rotate it sideways you know so it's because that's how coverage usually is it's a player on the left and a player on the right not a player on the bottom and a player on the top right um because that kind of puts you in the seat of one of the players and i feel like that's a little bit weird right like because you're gonna start i guess you kind of feel some sort of bias in a way like or, I, I don't know I, I, that's what i'm saying how are they solving these issues you want to know both players hands or neither i guess because uh you know knowing neither hand at least you can just focus on the game but knowing one player's hand is weird i think um so i'm, I'm curious to see how they do it uh, i'm excited to watch it for the coverage reasons and for kind of seeing what people do but i'm a little bit um apprehensive in terms of I feel like I'm going to turn it on and I'm going to see how they're doing it and I'm going to be, you know, watching Mono Red versus Sultai and go, all right, well, I don't really care about the games that much. Like, I'm just, I don't really want to watch. Like, I don't really want to watch the games because I don't care about these cards or these decks anymore. I'm bored. I can just play Arena myself. I don't know. I, I kind of wish – to me, it's a shame that such a big event is using a format that has gotten on the stale side regardless of whether or not it's it's, you know – the one of the best standard formats we've had in years maybe i'm crazy that's that's what i'm 
That's my feeling is I just have I'm not very little interest in standard. Best standard format. Well, I'm saying I'm even saying if you think that, yeah. I'm just saying it's the one that's kept my interest the longest. Okay. Yeah. So even and I think even Arena so. has a lot to do with that. I think like the compulsion of like grinding to Mythic, which I have not even come close to doing, by the way. I'm about, I think I'm Platinum 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, like the compulsion of wanting to grind to Mythic, I think, has kept my interest. Um, if there wasn't like an end goal like that, I'm not sure I'd be as interested. And I think I'm going to go play FNM Friday, and I'm probably going to play Sealed again, mm-hmm. just because I like Sealed and I don't get to play it that often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so not, Sealed I mean, have, at FNM? Is that what you, the, yes. The, okay, cool. Right, and I have, like I said, I have standard built now. I could play standard, but I'm like, eh, I gotta play that on arena all the time. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, I sit down and I'm like, I want to play Magic. I can open up Magic Online and play Modern, or I can open Arena and play Standard. And I'm like, I'll open Arena, I'll get my gold, and then I'm and then I'm out. <laughs> like that's it. Right. <laughs> like I'm I'm kind of like that's just that's basically what i think my plan is going forward i'm i was going to you may have seen if you follow me on twitter i posted that i have yet to open a breeding pool in ravnica allegiance and i've opened over 200 packs uh it's just is very strange to me that i wouldn't open a breeding pool i've got you know at least one of every other rare um regardless i think it's weird and I was going to say, I'm just going, I'm going to open, I'm going to, I'm going to get a full set of Ravnica Allegiance. And I'm just, I want to see how long it takes for me to get any breeding pools. But I'm not doing that anymore because I don't want to keep opening crappy rares that I don't need because right. I, the only cards I really want anymore are breeding pools. <laughs> because the rest of the rares I either, you know, I spent my wild cards on if I needed them. So, But the um, good news is it doesn't, you know, once you open four copies of a rare, you don't open it anymore. So you got a better chance to open a breeding pool every time you open a pack, baby. Right. And instead I'm opening crap like, uh, what is Bond it? of Agonies. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, what's the, the smothering tithe and, you know, <laughs> just like stop. Oh, don't call that. Don't call smothering tithe crap. Ryan Germore is going to send us an angry letter. Don't do it. <laughs> okay. I won't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I'm opening cards that I just don't care about just to try to get to the breeding pool. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to, you know, save up my gold. Uh, I'll open the packs that I get, you know, for wins. You know, you get to the point where, oh, you got five wins, you get a pack. I'll open those and hopefully get a breeding pool eventually. But I'm just going to start accumulating the, uh, the gold and save it for War of the Spark so that I can open whatever, you know, the pe- more packs for that. So I've, I've actually taken to uh, using my gold on Guilds of Ravnica packs. <laughs> yeah, and I thought because, about that too. Like maybe I should be – because I don't have all the Shocklands for that. that that's I mean, the that's thing, sad. yeah. And, and of course, you never get any Shocklands. Right. Um, you, you, you'll get them randomly when you're not expecting them. But like if you're like, I'm going to open packs for, for Shocklands, it's like, nope, you're never getting one. Sorry. Yeah, it, it knows. It knows. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of of what we spend our our resources on, like the gold and the gems, um, did you see this this whole thing that they're? I think it's coming out. Is it today? Tomorrow? Uh, the sleeves and avatars that they're releasing on Arena. I, I did see something like that. Yes. So I don't have the exact numbers, but they are the next patch or the next update will include the ability to buy different avatars with gems or gold. Um, right. And you can also buy what they're calling sleeves, but essentially it's just the back of your cards uh, to personalize them. So you can get like Azorius sleeves to sleeve up your mono red deck in and, you know, freak people out until you play a mountain, fin- you know, fanatical firebrand. But uh, literally <laughs> everyone who has like everyone who like has a um, 
has a Chandra avatar is playing Esper. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like that's not clever. Like you're not you're not clever. Okay. Like I get it. As soon as I see that you're Chandra, I'm like, okay, I know this is Esper. Or you know what else isn't clever? <laughs> when you play Planes Untapped past turn. No mono white deck worth its salt is going to play a planes and pass the turn. You're Esper. Right. It's not <laughs> clever. Play one of your tap lands. Get yourself ahead on 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 fixing your mana. Don't 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 try. Oh, I got him now. He thinks I'm a he thinks I'm mono white deck that kept a terrible hand with no one drops. No mono white deck keeps a, a hand with no one drops. I did have a hand, so I was playing Esper, and I had a hand that was like three. Uh, Orzhov lands and a and like a Demir land something and then and then like mortify cast down cast down or something it was like all black spell black or black white spells so I'm like I'm gonna hold on to my blue source <laughs> until I draw a card that needs blue and it went for like six turns for whatever reason I, I'm like Raskus contempt and I'm like drawing another uh, Godless shrine or something I'm like this looks like I'm some kind of weird Orzhov deck and then I and that's different though that's yeah. different because if you don't need the double blue like ever yeah. and you only need a single blue and when you have and you have no blue spells right. that's strategy like yeah. that's just smart like um because yes I had that happen to me uh last week too where I was like I'm playing against Orzhov Orzhov or Island, what? Yeah, and then <laughs> and like, was like Island to fairy, you know, <laughs> untapped. It was like the almost island. exactly what happened, dude. Seriously, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I lost to a deck that was running Orzov Locket the other day. <laughs> I was like, I cannot buy a win today. But that it was, was in, so it was mad. In draft, right? This was in standard, dude. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing with you. Platinum standard. This isn't like bronze. This isn't like intro decks. This was platinum standard, and like Orzov Locket. Was it an Orzhov deck or was it a Esper? This- I don't, it that might have been the one that, that dropped an island and yeah. surprised me, but I think it was actually Orzhov. Um, hey, at least people way, are trying to innovate, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, sure. Hey, I saw this, this card in, in that's what, draft. If and- that's what you want to call it. They only ran that because uh, Serum Powder wasn't in the format. Right, exactly. It was either like, Serum Powder really or Orzhov Locket. That colorless ma- mana rock, but I guess I'll settle for white or black. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so yeah, it's like the hand smoothing algorithm is your serum powder. Um, so yeah, basically. So if you want to personalize your experience, I, I imagine both players can see. Uh, yes, can see these. Yeah, because this know, is a Hearthstone thing too. I mean, this is this yeah. is straight up a Hearthstone thing. Um, um, you can also do the thing with the cards. I forget what they're calling it, but like you get like extended art, and they're kind of animated, and you know. Kind of cool looking. It looks really cool. Yeah, it wor- It makes me definitely certain that I should not stream again until I get a better computer. Oh yeah, I guess that's a good point. But I think you can <laughs> change something in your graphic settings that maybe might uh, help with that. Because I think you could do that with with. Well, I know you could do it with Magic Online too, where you just tell it not to make the foils like shine. <laughs> so, ah. so it's got to be a similar thing in arena, but um, this is interesting. I think it's kind of cool to add these kind of personalization things. Again, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I know when I looked at them, I was like, no, I'd rather just spend it on packs. <laughs> like I'd, I'd rather have, if I get to the point where I've got all the cards I want and I still have like a plethora of golden gems. Uh, yeah. Maybe I will go ahead and buy, you know, some sort of, uh, card sleeve thing i i what i wonder is um does it apply to just one copy of your card if you do like the upgrade right 
No, uh, if you do the upgrade, it applies to all copies of that card that okay. you have and all copies of that card you would get. Right. Okay, that makes um, that, that's good at least. Yeah. So you only have to do it once. Um, now the thing is, like, so like for me, I don't like this kind of stuff. Like, I don't like customized card backs. Honestly, I just like seeing that authentic Magic the Gathering card back because I always have to wear. I always have to wear sleeves. No, I don't. Well, I do usually <laughs> wear sleeves because I don't. I don't. Um, I don't wear tank tops when I when I play Magic. I know some guys who do. Hey, more power to you. But I don't. Um, but so I, I like to I like to actually see the back of a magic card when I'm playing magic and like arena's the only time I get to do that, which is strange. Um, so I don't like the idea of sleeves. Um, okay, no that, that doesn't sound right. I like the idea of sleeves. I like the idea of this um, like this animated card thing. Mm-hmm. I think they look really freaking cool. It's not for me, you know yeah um. And I and I don't. I've never been one to like want to foil things out. Like I've never been one to want to collect weird foils and stuff like that. I've just it's never been my thing. I'm like I just want to play cards. You know me. I didn't even use sleeves on my deck for like seven years. Right. You know. <laughs> so I've, I've just always been like like Magic the Gathering. That's all I want to do is play yeah. Magic. Um, but I will say this: I really like the fact that they're not randomly including these premium cards in packs. Oh, me too. I like. I like the fact that it's like, hey, guess what? You can opt into this if you want. We have it available, and people love this kind of stuff. Right. And that's why they implemented it, because it's going to be a huge cash cow for them, because people love customization. People love personalizing stuff. People love that, you know? So yeah. so they're going to make a lot of money off of this, and, and people are going to have a lot of fun doing it. But then people like me, who don't want it and don't care – don't have to you know right. what i mean like i'm like oh man i've got three of this card and one of them is this weird funky one you know what i mean like yeah and i'm just glad that that's exactly kind of i feel pretty much exactly the same um that's kind of like with foils i really don't right. care about foils i don't want foils i don't want any of the cards in my deck to be foils when i open foils i'm like all right who wants this because i don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? like how many times have i traded a foil for two copies of the same card you know what right. i mean like I wish it were that easy. I mean, that's certainly what I'd like to do most of the time, but it's like, who's got two copies of this card at the pre-release? Because it's like the only time I play Paper Magic unless I'm (laughs) at an event and I'm not opening cards, so I'm not opening foils. Um, Right. It's kind of the only time I'm anywhere where I would be opening foils around other players. Um, It's the pre-release, and nobody has two copies of the same rare or the same same card. Anyway, whatever. I, I don't care for foils myself, and so... But, uh, you know, unfortunately, I still open them in packs if I open packs. So exactly what you said. Um, I, it's not for me, but it's cool. I like that they did it. And maybe if it's something that you can, you know, maybe at some point it becomes one of like the, the prizes, right? Like, oh, you won a pack of the Azorius sleeves. Well, cool. Then I'll use them. I mean, I might, uh, especially if they're Azorius. Uh, but yeah, I it's just not something that I'm going. I'm likely to spend my my coins on, you know, my gold and my gems and right, all that. Right, right. 
Somebody was talking about there needs to be like a, a like a sleeving mini game or something. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, what it should be is you have to individually remove every one of your cards from the old sleeves and then put them in the sleeves. And then for authenticity's sake, it comes with like static electricity, so they'll just slide off the pile. Um, and, yeah. uh, and then like, and then when you're trying to shuffle, you'll the, the cards will fly all over the table. Like, and this I'm like, game really is need called- to add some authenticity to sleeping on magic arena and this mini game is called valor's reach and it's coming i think this week <laughs> <laughs> almost 200 episodes of yo mtg taps that was the best transition we've ever done <laughs> <laughs> that was totally unplanned that worked out really well uh let's keep uh, patting ourselves on the back about it <laughs> okay ow 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 so Valor's Reach was sunburn. announced a couple of days ago, and it's my understanding of it is it's basically Arena Light or MTG Light. Um, you know what it isn't? It's not Arena. Arena for mobile. It's right. not Arena for mobile. Why are you doing something that isn't Arena for mobile? I'm sorry. Look. Oh! <laughs> I'm happy that you're putting out stuff for people to play, but you have this one thing that you've been doing and really pushing, and people have been going, this is great, but when's it coming out on mobile? Hey, guess what we've got? It's not Arena for Mobile, but it's something else that's going to make you wonder why we weren't focusing on Arena for Mobile. Isn't that exciting? I mean, that's... uh, I can't... uh articulate it as well as you just did it but it's really it's really was frustrating that articulated yeah, thank no, you i think it was the <laughs> part that you it was perfectly uh, perfectly put um yeah like it's frustrating because in whatever 2002 when magic online came out for windows and everybody said you know wow this is a great way to play magic online when is it coming for mac it's 2019 it's not available for mac you need to still run it on windows and that's idiotic i think and if that isn't dread if that isn't doesn't create a sense of dread for anyone who's waiting for arena for mobile after like what six months right that's what i'm saying it's like i thought they kind of learned something from this is like you know there's got to be some reason they're not bringing it to mac and i'm sure it's just because you know it's hard like i guess that's what it is it boils down to it's hard it's not as easy as oh just use the same program and copy it over to mac but my understanding with arena is they would have you know the thing about arena is when they started developing it presumably ios existed since it's been out since 2007 <laughs> like presumably they weren't developing arena in 2006 and went oh crap it's too bad this ios thing wasn't out because we would have developed it from the ground up with this in mind that's ridiculous you know they they started arena in the last few years and they should have had something like ios or mobile just mobile operating systems android ios uh in mind for this kind of thing so this to me says something either they didn't or something went wrong now you know the the counter argument for this seems to be it's it's like too complicated of a game for mobile phones to run or to make a, a make one that works on mobile um, because there are just too many triggers and that you know you can get into crazy game states that have just tons of treasures and you know just too many triggers. Um, 
my my uh my Google Docs app mm-hmm. sometimes crashes on my phone when I go to highlight things. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're making that point. So that's a, so I guess Text. that's a fair argument, but I'm not quite sure. Like, there's got to be a solution. You're telling me that you know these games that that you see that are being run on iOS. Uh, they seem incredibly resource intensive too, and and like the, the the arena game doesn't. You know, it's like these are, in most cases, graphics that kind of oh they just turn sideways, and you know when you cast a card, you get a little animation or something. But you're telling me that for some reason this can't be programmed. Um, I, so I don't get it. Like you're telling me it's that complex. You can't like pare down something. Maybe you just cut all the animations. And if that's the problem, like, I, I don't know what the problem is. Is it the rules engine? Like, what is it that can't run on a mobile phone in 2019? Uh, I, I don't, I don't get it. I'm not you. a programmer, so I'm just, I'm in the dark here, but it feels like I look around at what is possible on a mobile phone game wise. And I'm like, it's impo- How can you tell me magic can't be played on this? We need to go through the employee roles of Watsy. Because if we find John Hodgman on the employee rolls, then we know that this has been a long, deep-seated conspiracy. This is PC's revenge. I don't, I don't get it because I don't know who John Hodgman is. <laughs> the I'm a Mac, I'm a PC commercials. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's, that's it's like PC, ten like, years Oh yeah, but 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 Magic Online is like seventeen, right? Right. So. He's like, I'll show them. It'll never come out on Mac. I'm a PC. <laughs> but um, they should do it. I'm a Mac. I'm a PC commercial for Magic, like for Arena. <laughs> and right. they, I, I'm a I'm a Mac guy. You know, Justin, whatever his name is, Justin Long can be uh, you know upset because he can't play Magic. But that doesn't seem like a way to advertise your game. <laughs> it just sounds like a way to advertise PCs. Um, exactly, PC's revenge. I told you, dude. This guy has been long term. This is yeah, a long con, man. It, it works. I don't know. So, first of all, like, well, not first of all, we're deep into this conversation. Um, first of all, <laughs> Valor's Reach. I'm sure I'm going to play it. I probably will like it, but it does feel like. Why did you put resources into this? Why did you spend the money on bringing the, the money, the time, the resources on bringing Arena to mobile on these magic beans? You know, like, right. <laughs> it's, it's Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, like, it, what are you doing? Why are you? OK, it's not it's not ready yet. Fine. Is this completely sideways to that? Like, is it, it's are we working on bringing Arena to mobile? But here's this thing that, you know, incidentally, we can use to hold you over. OK, great. But not like, oh, you wanted Arena on mobile? Here's Valor's Reach. Like, it's only been 25 years of magic. And wizards, and again, I think we've talked about this at least three times in like the eight episodes we've been back. Wizards still hasn't learned that people want thing X. You show people thing Y, they're going to get mad that it's not thing X. Like, don't you – y'all have Twitter, right? Like, y'all can (laughs) see people mad, right? Y'all know how to type in hashtag MTG. This isn't like like Congress here running Twitter, you know? Like, maybe they need to get – AOC to help them out, you know, like uh, help them learn the learn social media. Yeah, like y'all can't just search your own hashtags and go. When's arena coming to mobile? Like this magic valor. This is an arena. Like, so why did you even release it? Like, I mean, I get it. I'm sure it's cool, but 
haven't you learned the pattern by now? Like when you put it's maybe it's not for us. Maybe you know, maybe it's not it's not for the people that want arena on mobile. It's for a way to get magic in the, you know, the the app store rated as one of the top games and get people, you know, get more players Until to magic. All of the nerds go and ratings bomb it because it's not arena. Well, that's possible for sure. <laughs> Um, you just gave them all that idea. I'm sure they had not even not. thought of that. No. <laughs> I do not do that. I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's cool that, that Valor's coming out, honestly. Yeah, I'm um, kind of excited to see what it is. That's that's for sure. But it does feel like, like what are you doing? Why? They know. It just they know feels like enough. more things to take their attention away from doing the thing they should be doing, which is putting Magic Online on Max. <laughs> right. <laughs> And with that, I think uh, I think we can wrap up for this episode. Yeah, you better wrap that gavel up, B. That's right. Wrap up the band hammer. That's right. <laughs> um, anything you wanted to add? I don't know um, if you if you uh, had six plus three equals nine. Got it. That was great. So uh, remember, if you're listening to this before this weekend, check out the coverage of the mythic invitational on twitch and especially uh sunday morning if you're at all excited to see what's coming in war of the spark which i'm sure you are if you play magic uh check out the stream on twitch twitch tv slash magic i'm pretty sure uh at 10 30 a.m eastern time we're gonna see 16 new cards and i'm sure a lot spoilers, of spoilers and, and not previews spoilers right there's spoilers and even though previews. because you know what like spoilers don't really well, no that's not true spoilers definitely do exist i feel like they've gotten better mm-hmm. but then also we've gotten huge swaths of cards that have been spoiled too mm-hmm. but they every card preview or otherwise will always be a spoiler to me because it's way more fun to go spoilers than to go previews like it <laughs> doesn't sound fun so spoilers will always be spoilers right. so we're getting 16 spoilers for war of the spark sunday and i'm pretty excited about that yeah me too um so i'm for our patreon supporters uh we oh, are yeah. likely to record an episode of yo uh next week after the invitational and after these spoilers uh to at least kind of check in and 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 chat about them for a few minutes uh so and if you say, would like to support uh-huh. us on patreon go ahead I just want to say hi to our uh, to our first patrons, uh, David the Niz, because he's the Niz and he's awesome. And then Matt, who's also awesome, but I don't have a catchphrase for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's his catchphrase. <laughs> That's his catchphrase. Matt, you're also awesome. awesome, but I don't have a catchphrase, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, we are now. Officially launched patreon.com slash yo MTG taps uh, linked in the show notes. Check it out. Uh, lots of cool things there. We're going to give away a uh, an unhinged planes playmat, um, the art by John Avon to uh, once we reach to 50 dollars an episode to some listener. Yeah, no, has nothing to do with the Patreon. Totally unrelated to the Patreon. Yeah. Can you see me winking? But um. <laughs> But we're, we're, but we're going to give away a, an, an unhinged John Avon Plains playmat, which is pretty sweet, and it is awesome. Yeah, it'll be a random giveaway to a select group of people uh, involved in that particular giveaway. So, uh, with that said, I think we're all wrapped up. We are Yo MTG Taps. Make them have it.